For over 80 years, Agriculture Financial Services Corporation has been providing leading, innovative, and client-focused risk management and financial solutions to grow agriculture in Alberta. Welcome to AFSC's limited podcast series. Our goal is to provide you with interesting and informative guests that participate in or support the agriculture industry in Alberta. I'm your host, Ed Tenhope with AFSC. Today, I'm proud to be joined by Bernie Cook. Bernie is the chair of the School of Agriculture at Lethbridge College. In this podcast, we talk about agricultural post-secondary education and keeping up with the pace of change in the agricultural industry. We discuss the people who will shape the future of agriculture and how to prepare them for that. We hope that you will enjoy our conversation. We are joined today. We're excited to talk to you. Um, we're talking to Bernie Cook, Chair of the School of Agriculture with Lethbridge College. Um, you know, first of all, Bernie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, including how long have you been with the college? Thanks for having me. My my background, I'm, I'm from McGrath. I grew up on a ranch out here and did most of my schooling at the U of S. I was at the research station for 10 years and then had the opportunity in, in uh, 98 to go to the college where I taught uh, most of the animal science courses up until the last five years. Now I've been the chair of the of the school. So that's kind of my background. As we get into this bachelor in agronomy, there's a lot of new things that have changed in the world of agronomy since I had much to do with that back uh, back in the 90s. And so, uh, yeah, I've, I've been at the college since 98 and an instructor since then. You know, I think you just touched on it. How have you seen agriculture education evolve in your time at the college? And I realize that could be a two-day-long answer, but, uh, you know, give us your thoughts on how things have been changing. We've we've really seen a huge change. There, there used to be quite a few, maybe we'd call it laborers. We went through the Farmer 4.0 from uh, Royal Bank. There was a really good publication there. And uh, the type of uh, employee that is required in the field now is quite a bit different. Uh, there's quite a breadth of knowledge that we need to have. And so with our diplomas, we've tried to adapt with that. And with the degree uh, in particular, now we're looking at having skill sets that build on not just the agronomy, but the adapting of that new technology and making that work. And, and uh, people understanding really, is that significant? Is that important? Is that going to make me money? Or is that just fancy, fancy new gadgets? And so since uh, since I've been teaching for, for the last 20 years, it's really changed quite a bit. And we really try to focus on the science of why things are done the way they are, rather than when we started and it was just kind of a, a feed them, weigh them type situation. It's, it's really changed. It's much more scientific than it was. You know, this must be such an exciting time to be involved in agricultural post-secondary education. I mean, the change and the pace of the change um, integrating, you know, modern precision technology, you know, it's it's just incredible. What are the, some of the challenges or what's the biggest challenge with staying on top of the state of farming to ensure your learners are well prepared? I think one of the interesting things as, as an instructor, and I'll go back to the uh, animal science examples that I have, 
the students that would come to class, you didn't know if they sat down with the vet that morning when they left the dairy or they were with their feed salesman at the feedlot or wherever. Industry is changing so quickly, it's really uh, difficult for um, the colleges and so on to keep up if we don't have advisory committees and if we don't listen to industry and, and try to be involved. Uh, there's a lot of departments, and not to pick on others in the college, but a lot of departments that are kind of stagnant, whereas agriculture, it's it's different every single day. And then we need to determine, okay, is that different good or is that different just expensive? And so what do I adapt? What do I let fall? You know, where am I going to make money on that? And so that's why we really try to be the middle of the road and take on these new ideas as they come and see, are they worthwhile? Do we teach that? Do we talk about that? Do we encourage that? Or is that just something that, uh, you know, what, this is a possibility, but we don't think the return on investment is there. And so our involvement with the industry is really, really important to get those ideas. And then uh, we've got really good connections with a, a lot of alumni. And so uh, they're, they're kind of letting us know, you know, avoid this one. This looks kind of interesting. Adapt that. And then the curriculum has to try to keep pace with that. So it's quite a fluid process. I can well imagine. Um, you know, great to hear about those ongoing connections. We'll talk more about that in a few minutes. But first, can you talk about the, you know, you announced a new program, the Bachelor of Agriculture Science degree program, and that begins this fall. Can you talk a little bit about how that came about? You bet. That's uh, that's the last three years of my life, so we'd, we'd love to chat about that. <laughs> we uh, Talking with industry, people have been a little bit frustrated that there's a little bit of a disconnect. Um, we've got people that are going out as agronomists that are trying to adapt the tools that they now have. We've got uh, people in the uh, um, farm machinery industry that are sending technicians out that know how to set the equipment but don't understand agronomy. And so when we originally started developing the, the uh, degree, it really kind of looked like an agronomy diploma and then having more of a technology diploma sitting on top of it. And that wasn't our wasn't our goal. We really wanted to focus on the agronomy and then look at precision ag as tools which help us to be better agronomists. And so that's ultimately what we've done. We're not going to go through and try to build our own sensors. We're not going to be writing our own programming. We're not going to be doing that sort of thing. But what we're doing with our students is, is we're giving a background in agronomy and their diploma, and then they have the opportunity to come into the third and fourth year and get even more uh, plant physiology, plant pathology, take some stats, do some research design, uh, understand these sensors and how all of that data-driven agriculture comes together so that then they can make a determination, is, is that a good investment? So with all the variables that we end up having in agriculture with the soil fertility and pests and yield and varieties and those sorts of things, trying to put them all in a box and have an answer come out at the other end, that's ultimately what we're trying to do. And so our students are involved really heavily with that. They get to do their own research projects. And so uh, it just gives them a lot more background on trying to understand what's coming at them. Obviously, things that are going to be changed five, ten years down the road, we don't know exactly where things are going, but the skills that we're going to give them will help them to adapt to those changes and react to whatever technologies and changes in agronomy practices come. Uh, 
So we're trying to teach them. There's a, we talk about the lifelong learners or that sort of thing. And some of those phrases sound maybe a little bit trite, but really that's ultimately what we're trying to do is to teach them how to, to learn on their own when they're out there. You know, I know from my past experience, when you start farming, you don't stop learning, boy. You know, it, it goes so fast. So do the students still have the option of pursuing a two-year versus a four-year degree at the college? You bet. We've, we've, uh, we've made some modifications in the program over the last five years. And uh, what we have right now is we have a common first year. So students come into agriculture. Typically, most of them uh, are, are right out of high school. So maybe they're not really sure exactly what they want to be when they grow up, so to speak. So they get a cross-section in livestock and soils and, and business and uh, agronomy and everything else. And then in their second year, they'll specialize either in agronomy or in animal science or in agriculture business. So they'll take that, they get their two-year diploma. Then it, it's kind of nice because it, it, it gives them a credential. And if they want to go back to the farm or if they want to work or whatever they like to do, they can they can leave the education stream. And then if they decide, you know what, I, I, I think I'd like to take a little bit more. You know, I, I don't really like the job that I'm in or I'd like to move up in the company a little bit. Some companies are encouraging them to go back to school. They can come back and start that third and fourth year without missing a beat. Um, they also have the opportunity and we've had several students now that we have that common first year, they'll go through and take maybe a, a different major. So they may take the animal science major and then decide, you know what, I've got more opportunity in agronomy. So they come back and take a year of agronomy and essentially they've got those two diplomas in three years. So sometimes depending upon where they're going, if their operations a little bit broader, that's what they'll do. We've got one student right now and a very good student. It's not like he just wants to go to school forever, but he's going to have the all three diplomas. And so he's taken the you know common first year and then took the second year in each of those three diplomas. So quite the breadth of information. What a nice opportunity, hey, for a learner to have yeah. sort of those choices and pick up yeah. that variety. Well, and especially most of them, well, probably 85, 90% of our students are, are local um, farm kids. And so they have the opportunity to work at home, come to school. Some students, uh, if, if they need to work a little bit more, will take our two-year diploma and take it over three years. We've got that set up too, so that the workload is a little bit lighter for them. Uh, and, and we found if they identify that early on, they're a lot more successful. Come and just take four classes and, and instead of five and, and spread your workload out a little bit more. And then you learn something too. You don't just tick off the credential and get it done. You actually take the time to, to learn it as they, as they go through. So we've had a few of them. And so try to adapt and, and, and make it work for the students. Absolutely. And you have you know, lots going on as far as applied learning. Um, you know, when you look at that, you look at the Alberta Irrigation Technology Center and research collaborations with Farming Smarter. And can you sort of talk about how they, you know, function under this applied learning concept? You bet. The, the applied learning has always been a major, major focus for us. Uh, we started making a list of uh, producers and alumni and industry that that work with us and and we got up over 60 and we, we started making a map and then just kind of 
<laughs> didn't call it quits, but where do you where do you begin and end? One thing that we really like to do is be able to get our students and producers in the same room. So be that a conference or be that a barn or a, a feed mill or a potato plant or whatever. It just reinforces what they've learned in class and in lab. And so we've got a lot of alumni, a lot of industry partners that work that way. The uh, partnership that we've developed with Farming Smarter and with the irrigation group is really kind of an extension on that and a lot more research focused than production focused. And so we're excited now. Part of what the training for this degree program is, at the end of their third year, the students are required to do their own research project. And so they have to draft up a, a thesis, they have to decide the budget, the equipment that they need and so on. And then they'll be doing that research over the summer and then uh, finalizing the results and writing up that little paper over, over that fourth year. And so with Farming Smarter and the uh, irrigation um, projects that we've got going now, those are some of the options that will be available for them to work hand in hand with those with those researchers. So that group has really taken off over the last uh, three, four years for the college. And of course, <clears throat> we all know what irrigation means to the producers in Southern Alberta, the opportunities it gives them, um, you know, that must just feel like the perfect fit for preparing the learners, tomorrow's farmers and leaders. It, it, it really, really is. As we have students come in from other colleges to take our, our degree, that'll be one thing that they'll have to kind of pick up is some of the irrigation that we take in our diploma. But it's very specific to this area. So we've, uh, we've, got, we've got some good funding. We've got some great researchers. Uh, Willa Mine and her crew are doing a wonderful job. And so the possibilities of doing that and now having access to that demo farm and uh, those sorts of things, yeah, that that the timing was just absolutely perfect. We'd started the degree proposal, the the research opportunities come into there. Um, we're starting to uh, get funds uh, collected for research stipends for students in the summer, and so all of that's just kind of going hand in hand and really providing awesome opportunities for students. Well, I tell you, there's a lot of learning required. You know, I've lived in Lacombe. I grew up on a grain farm and. When I started working in the South, boy, you could drive around and just see fields and fields where you don't even know what it is growing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, you mentioned some of the the college's connections, Bernie, um, and the alignments that it has going on for its students. Can you just talk a little bit about um, some of those connections and what it actually means for the students? One of the, one of the nice things um, is is the close proximity to the college. If, if you took a 30 minute drive in any direction from the college, we've got access to the majority of the food processors to, as you say, all of these different specialty crops. And being a livestock guy, I'm, I'm learning every single day. I'm, I'm, I'm asking more questions than the students. Um, <laughs> but having access to that and all of those new things, it, it, it's kind of nice because we, we don't want to be stale dated in our programming. And uh, and it's a challenge and students are coming back to us with ideas. We also have what's known as an ag advisory committee, which uh, once or twice a year we have industry and producer partners come onto campus and uh, we go through and review what our students are taking. So wherever our students are going to go and be hired, we want to know what those um, businesses want our students to know. 
And so be that a new crop or a new technique or new software or some technology, that's where we kind of bounce those ideas off each other and determine where the, that programming is going to go. Now, where we're not chasing every star that there is in the sky, but we're trying to make sure that we're looking for patterns and uh, keeping our courses current. And uh, if we have to add a course or, or change a course, for example, our precision ag course, so we've got two different levels. Um, we've completely rewritten that twice since we started our programming on that in the last three years. Just trying to find where that fit is and, and how deep we need to go into that technology. Um, versus you know they don't need to understand and rewrite the programming but they do need to be able to react to different equipment manufacturers and different software packages and that sort of thing so we're just trying to stay as relevant as we can that you know that really sums up sort of what the challenge of preparing for the learners and combining with what you were offering them the unique types of agriculture based learning you know that the college offers. You've touched on a few. Can you just sort of um, quickly go through them? The the hands-on, yeah, egg-based learning. You know, we, we don't have our own farm. And so some of the other colleges do where they're putting seeds in the ground and they're harvesting and doing that sort of thing. We've taken a little bit more of the scientific approach and, and thinking, you know, um, if, if someone wanted to give us a farm, we're certainly not going to take it down. And maybe this is our reaction and, and how we've adapted to it. But uh, we're, when we have 90% of our students coming from farms, they generally know most of that information as far as the production. Uh, and so we really try to focus on differences. And so looking at different ways of doing things and looking at a little bit more of the value added. So where is that crop going? So going through the mills and through the processors and through different storage processes and uh, and those sorts of things. So while we're not necessarily, you know, having our own herd of cattle or our own grain fields or those sorts of things, um, these research projects definitely will allow our students to get um, involved as, as, as much as they want to be. As well with all of our projects, uh, pardon me, our courses, uh, the lab component of that, we've got Benchtop. We've also got a fair bit of tours and, uh, and lectures with that. So trying to keep that variety in there for sure. Well, and for myself growing up on a farm too, you know, you get busy with everything. I'm certainly well aware of how you apply the spray to a field. Maybe you don't always have the time to go through the decision process of what spray, how much do you put on? And, you know, those are the things your dad decides and tells you what to do. So I can sure see the fit here. Um, you know, we also look at industry and, and you know, probably not every kid's a, on a farm or on a working farmer has that, um, you know, goal in life. So industry has always appreciated hiring staff with post-secondary education. Have you seen a change in the type of uh, student that industry might be looking for? Oh, for sure. The other the other comment that I would add to that, there's a lot of farm kids that uh, they've been on a farm, but they really haven't done everything on the farm, right? And <laughs> right. so it's, it's interesting when you tell them, okay, well, now explain this or walk us through that or whatever. And so they, they uh, might not have the exposure that you'd think that they would have as well. No, the... The, the type of student has uh, has changed quite a bit. Um, 
a lot of the big companies will provide a certain amount of training when they get there. They've got certain protocols that they're going to have if they're scouting a field or something like that. But we're trying to provide those basic background skills so that they understand how to sample and, and what it means to to sample, for example. And if you did a poor job, how that's going to affect your results. As far as pest identification or disease identification, all of those sorts of things, um, it's 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 become a lot broader. One of the things that uh, really has kind of surprised me uh, that the industry has pushed for is is a lot more to do with the communication skills. And uh, I get harassed by the Center for Teaching and Learning because I'm an Aggie and I and I'm not really into that stuff as much as maybe I should be. But uh, industry has really pushed for that, and so a lot of it I think is. If the students don't understand, at least now they've got the ability to express themselves or to ask proper questions and get proper instructions, because it's not just a matter of do this and do this for the next 10 days and do the same thing over and over. There's a lot more involvement. There's a lot more decision making with students. And so their ability to think on their own and react with knowledge that they already have, but also the ability to ask that intelligent question of what next or to kind of you know, understand potential issues, those sorts of things. It, it's a lot more of, uh, I don't know, hopefully it's a better trained student that can communicate rather than just go do this for the full day and, and we'll see you at five o'clock. You know, Bernie, it's wonderful. Whenever I hear about, you know, a college receiving a significant donation and I'm, you know, when I think about Lethbridge College, I think about Corvan Ray, um, Lloyd and Betty Mueller and, some of the donations they've made to kind of further this agriculture training. How do these types of gifts move the education of students forward? And how do you decide how to utilize the money? It's 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 kind of an interesting process. Um, there's there's something to do with the human nature of wanting to be involved with a winner right off the very top. So when CORE donated that money and, uh, and it was in collaboration with UofL, we had the opportunity to uh, kind of showcase a little bit of programming there and show what the potential was. And then that kind of spawned more donations. There's a lot more donations there. We wish they were all the same as course, but uh, just the ability to get that seed money going and to be able to pull on that when we don't have other funds available. So uh, how do we determine where that is? Most of the donors will go through and specify some sort of conditions that they want that money to be used for. And we will do our best not to have to touch the uh, initial principle if possible. Obviously, the, the markets do better some years than others, and so there's a little bit better return here or not. But we do our best to be able to have that money indefinitely and then just work on those those returns from there if we can. Now, some donors will say, no, this is for capital projects and we want it used for that. If we can use it in some way to have a matching donor with it, uh, sometimes we can get funding from different agencies that will allow that. So there's there's quite a process senior administration at the college will go through and and look what the what the needs are of the college and how it can best be uh, be used for not just the ag program but for for all the other programs we share quite a few resources with environmental science for example and so if we can develop a lab 
for example, we developed a computer lab last year, doubled our computer desk space and our teaching lab space. And so that's good for the entire college. So we really try to get as much leverage out of it, respecting the wishes of, the, of that donor. And if we don't have to touch the principal, then that's even better. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Bernie Cook, chair of School of Agriculture with Lethbridge College, one last question. You've been sort of answering it the whole time, but just in summary, how do you ensure that you're preparing tomorrow's agriculture leaders for success? I think one of the main things uh, we we go through and as we develop our uh, curriculum, we try to teach students so they're successful today, but also to have those tools that will help them be ready for tomorrow. One of our final courses that we have in uh, in the degree program is called Current Issues in Ag. And so we address all of those topics, the GMOs, the antibiotic resistance, the water usage, the all those different stewardship issues, and really try to give students a background so they understand not just how deep to seed and where the water goes and that sort of thing, but really trying to make them better stewards of the land and trying to understand uh, the potential impact that they're going to have. After having students that, uh, you know, over the last 20-something years, it's amazing to watch them be involved in industry and the effect that they're going to have. And uh, that's that's the fun thing. Train them for today and give them the skills that they can react for things as a change 5, 10, 20 years down the road. Bernie, I really appreciate your time. It's been a, just a pleasure talking to you today. Before we sign off, any final thoughts? Um, I guess the final thought... Um, I hope everyone knows we're back on campus in the fall. Uh, we're, right. we're burning our masks. We're going to be face to face. This whole <laughs> Zoom thing was a challenge for students. Holy smokes. Um, it was tough. Last fall, we had uh, quite a few students that we lost because they knew it was going to be online. And it was really difficult this last April as students were sitting on their computers, dad's out in the yard fixing equipment, and uh, really, really difficult. So we're excited to be back in person. Um, back on campus, back in labs, back doing our tours and, and uh, getting our research projects involved. going to be nice to be back to reality. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. I should have asked. Thank you for that. So oh, that's good. thank you, Bernie. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for joining us for our latest installation of AFSC's podcast series. I want to thank Bernie Cook, Chair of the School of Agriculture at Lethbridge College, for joining us today. For more information on all of the programs and courses offered at the college, please visit lethbridgecollege.ca. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we will talk to you again soon.